everybody, I am Grant for Podcast of the Day, as you know, and I have another podcast for you. So let's just jump right into it and get started. Today's podcast, Switched on Pop. It is a podcast that breaks down pop music. Now, it's not just that. It's, it's actually hosted by Nate Sloan and Charlie Harding. Nate is a music educator and a PhD candidate in musicology, and Charlie Harding is a former music major and a current music player. Now, the two met in college at an orchestration class and both worked at the radio station there as well, and through that, they also formed a band called Simpler Times. And through that, and eventually, obviously, getting through life, they, they really have become involved with music and love breaking down music. And I especially love this podcast because you get to hear songs that typically you will probably hear every day on the radio. But you get to analyze that in a way that you wouldn't otherwise hearing it on background or just turning it on randomly in your car. For example, you have DJ Khaled's new hit single, I'm the One, um, that has, you know, Justin Bieber, Migos, or excuse me, Quavo from Quavo, Quavo, Quavo from Migos, uh, Lil Wayne, Chance the Rapper, Justin Bieber. Um, they analyze that song and just look into why it is popular, why it's on the charts, what makes it good, what makes it catchy, all sorts of different things. And I've been going on this podcast for a while now, at least a couple of years, a year to a year and a half, maybe two. I, I can't remember. Either way, I've been doing it for a long time. It's been great, and it's always been one of my favorites and always a, an automatic downloaded one, which means it's really good. So anyways, let's listen to a teaser that they gave me and then a little promo for their show. From the dance floor to the grocery store, whether you love it or hate it, we are inundated with the infectious sounds of popular music. On Switched On Pop, we bring the background music of our lives into the foreground. We go deep into the music and investigate what it means and how it's made. We'll unveil how secret Swedish producers create nearly all the top 10 hits these days. We'll uncover why the saxophone went from band nerd to hip-hop hero. And we'll dive into the classical past and see how the Jonas Brothers mirror Mozart's youthful party days. I'm songwriter Charlie Harding. And I'm musicologist Nate Sloan. Join us on a journey through the world of popular music on the podcast Switched on Pop. Welcome to Switched on Pop. I'm musicologist Nate Sloan. And I'm songwriter Charlie Harding. And Charlie, I want to start with, with a question, kind of put it in your back pocket, and we'll, we'll take it out once in a while, okay. run it over. Right. And, and the question is kind of heady, but I think it's important. The question is, does the kind of music we listen to reflect our identities, or does the kind of music we listen to shape our identities? Ah, uh, yes. Okay. Yeah, mull that one over. Is it the mirror, or is it the toolbox? Right, right. Mull that one over for a sec. And I thought in, uh, in answering this question and, and understanding the role of music a little better in our lives, we could take two songs both from the same year, from, from five years ago, 2011. Yeah. Both songs with the same exact name, in fact. Yeah. Both of these songs are called Made in America. Uh. But as, as we'll quickly see, these songs, despite having the same name and being from the same year, are two very different kinds of pop songs. Right. The first, on the right side, we have Toby Keith, Made in America, a song he wrote with Bobby Pinson and Scott Reeves. And on the other, we have Made in America by Jay-Z, Kanye West, featuring Frank Ocean, produced by some hip-hop luminaries like Mike Dean 
So we see these songs already are both called Made in America, but they're probably going to be very different. Yeah, I see what you're trying to do here. You're relating the division in music to the division in the news. All right. Where, where are you taking me? Let's go. So I want to take these songs, break them down lyrically and musically, and, and see how two different genres, country and hip-hop, both conceive of what it means to be made in America. Great. So let's begin with Toby Keith, Made in America. Have a listen, Chuck. That was a little bit of Switched On Pop. Now let's turn it over to an interview that I got to do with Charlie of Switched On Pop. So here it is. I'm Charlie Harding. I'm a songwriter and music producer. I'm one half of the duo behind Switched On Pop, where we break down the craft and musicology of popular music. Now you have a background in music, right? Yeah, I studied music as an undergraduate. I've played lots of different instruments throughout my life, write electronic music, uh, love breaking down music and uh, yeah, lots of di- lots of different. Uh, if you were to look around my office, there's what like five guitars, drum set, two keyboards, MIDI controllers, lots of stuff going on. Gotcha. And so, when did the idea for the podcast start um, for Switched On Pop? Uh, it started when Yoko Ono broke up our band. I'm not okay. joking. I've I've read that on your website before, but I guess I don't understand totally what it meant. <laughs> Nate and I. Uh, Nate is my co-host. He is a professional musicologist. And he and I lived in San Francisco for a while playing in this really fun, low-key bluegrass band. Uh, I played mandolin pretty poorly. He played banjo even worse. And we just had a ton of fun playing. uh, And our relationship really got formed in that band. Unfortunately, he had to move to New York because, well, very fortunately, his wife got this awesome job curating, uh, being on the curating team for Yoko Ono's first one-woman show at MoMA. And so... Nate leaves San Francisco for New York. I was planning to move to LA anyways. And so the show really spawned out of us wanting to continue to have a musical relationship. And we both had a deep love for both popular music as well as musical education. And we thought we could figure out a unique show that that looked at pop music in a way that other outlets weren't that could help people listen more deeply to the world around them. Awesome. Um, and so... Where did you guys meet, you and Nate? We originally met in college. We were both in the music department together, okay. and he was a uh, little Mozart. Uh, he, he was the sort of the, the, the prodigy, very talented student who I always looked up to. I would actually go to shows that he would play in, whether they were in uh, dirty, dank basement parties or at jazz clubs in, in, in downtown um, in the city. And uh, it wasn't really until we it's funny actually i remember auditing a class that i couldn't i couldn't finish because it was so challenging and he was one of the best composers in the class so i was i kind of always looked up to him and then we became very close friends in san francisco when we started playing music together because i i think i think that i was better at mandolin than he was at banjo i was like ah finally we can see eye to eye and and he's also just like an incredibly gracious really kind person so i didn't know that underneath his immense talent that uh, there would also be an awesome friendship that's that's really good to hear. So when you come to the podcast, then yeah. um, was the idea really set in stone from the first episode onwards, or did it kind of develop itself over time? Oh, it definitely developed itself. We were trying to figure out what the best concept was. I think if you go back and listen to our fairly poorly produced early episodes, we definitely started with a pseudo this American life. Let's take a theme about music, explore that theme through musical elements. 
we maybe episode 10, I think, was a look at Taylor Swift's blank space. And we just looked at one song. And we found that people really liked if we took a single song or maybe an album or the oeuvre of an entire artist and, and looked at um, the components that were unique in that and that thing that they were really familiar with. So we uh, pretty early on found that focusing on a single musical element was what was going to be most successful. And uh, we've more or less followed that. Sometimes we will also look at a musical trend that's happening across across more okay. artists. But yeah, that, it took us a little bit of time to, to find the perfect, um, I guess, uh, what's the right word? Um, it took a little bit of time to find the right structure. And I think I think we've got it now. Would you say that you're pretty knowledgeable of like all the tropes that go within pop music and the cliches and um, how so many different I, don't, I guess I don't want to say they're all the same, but you definitely see into these things more so than maybe others would. Well, all, all cultural creation is understanding what has, hap- what has come before. And I think mm-hmm. great cultural creation is being able to take that and present it in new and intriguing ways. And so uh, there's plenty of popular music which is intelligently referencing cliché. Uh, whether that's mm-hmm. a chord progression, which has been reused and recycled, um, a melody, which uh, descends through a lineage, or even lyrical tropes, rhyme schemes. There are certain structures which we accept as, oh, that's a, a healthy, good structure. Uh, mm-hmm. The verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, chorus structure, for example, right? And we don't see that as cliche. Uh, totally. I think cliche, I think when cliche goes poorly, it's when somebody pattern matches something which is popular and then misuses it or appropriates that that thing um just as an example if you're singing it it say um right now uh down tempo really minor music is the in thing and you're Mm -hmm. trying to write a song about um how happy you are to be in love those things clash with each other and Right. Maybe, you know, not to say you couldn't write a song like that that could be interesting and talk about the complexities of love, but when you're taking something that someone else has done, it just is catchy. We, we, we found this one example, like the pop drop, where people are inserting like an EDM style drop into. Yeah, I, I loved that episode. Oh, thank you. Yeah. People are inserting this EDM style drop at the end of a chorus, yeah. and there's these uh, sampled, synthesized vocals. Everybody's doing it, and it's clear that in a production meeting, there are some probably an executive who's just like you got to have that pop drop like pop drop like sound and mm-hmm. oftentimes it doesn't work for a certain song so um i tend to be i listen for cliche um but i also see that cliche is the flip side of knowing your music really well uh, and mm-hmm. and being able to write to cliche and invert cliche can actually be really successful and on a different note then when you sit down and listen to music, is it always under this analytical approach, um, or trying to think how certain things work in it, or can can you, I guess can you enjoy music to, at the same time? Oh, deeply. Or are you? Oh, absolutely. Okay. I, it's it, it's funny that m- music get how is it? I get this kind of question <laughs> a lot about can yeah. you appreciate music the more you know about it. You can appreciate it more than the more you know about it, and I and I know the, to answer your question more specifically about the analytical approach to music. Mm-hmm. When I listen, I'm employing all sorts of different ways of listening. Some of that is just 
emotive. Mm, that that's awesome. I love that beat. Right, it's just hitting in all the right ways. It makes you want mm-hmm. to just get up and dance at a at a primal level. Uh, that is usually what I hear first. In great songs, I think first act on us on some visceral level. That might be. Um, I want to dance. That might be might mean I, I feel nostalgia. It might mean, oh, I really don't like this. Uh, mm-hmm. But then really good songs will have emergent layers that the more you listen to, you think, oh, wow, they really knew what they were doing. And those, totally. are, the, those are the songs that I, I really love because they bear repeated listening. When I, when I prepare for a show, I don't listen to a song once and then I've got it. I listen to a song once and I just hear it the first time and I, I listen for what catches my ear. And of course, I'm, as a musician and someone who's studied music for a long time, uh, it, there are things that are going to catch my ear because I'm, I'm more familiar with the, as you said, sort of cliches and tropes of songwriting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what I'll do is I'll listen back and I'll see, well, what are the things that are contrasting to that idea? Or what are the things that are supporting that idea? And I'll listen right, again right. and again and again. And each time I listen, I, I find something new. Um, one time I'll listen for what's happening in the rhythm. Another time I'll listen for what's happening in the melody. And so it's not that I'm necessarily... a it's not that Nate and I are necessarily it's more sophisticated in the way that we analyze music. I think it's actually that we just spend a lot of time with it. Um, it's right, not something gotcha. that when I listen to a song, I just go into like robot thinky analytical mind. I'm mostly enjoying <laughs> music and then also employing my an analytical mind then makes it that much more interesting. Um, mm-hmm. And they balance each other out. Okay, that's cool. I know I've, I've ran into some of this when um, I, I, I've come from like a video background and film background. Yeah. So watching films... Sometimes it's hard to detach yourself from sure. seeing that's why the cinematography was that way or, you know, stuff like that. So I was just curious. But, but when you see that's it, good it, and film is a great example. Once you have more of a language of film, which, by the way, I think mm-hmm. the average viewer has more sophisticated understanding of visual medium than they do audio medium just because it is For sure. our primary sense. Um if, if we are you know fully abled and um so vision it's so much easier to understand movement and and the language of film um mm-hmm. you could take one film class and you could probably say oh you know this this has these great references to these old italian films music is more temporal it's a little more abstract and it, i think to get into it it unfortunately does require a lot more study um there are mm-hmm. so many different uh, styles of music uh understanding how to read write compose uh play multiple instruments with uh some some level of sophistication to doing all of that just takes a lot more study um and on top of lyrical analysis and all sorts of things like that and so and so uh, oftentimes i think for, for a lot of folks it is uh, abstracted from their the rest of their life and they think oh that's I wouldn't want to know more because it would make me appreciate it less on this visceral level. But I'm sure as a, mm-hmm. uh, as someone who's into video, uh, when you see an awesome reference that a filmmaker makes, you're like, oh, that's a Scorsese reference. Oh, that's so smart. And, you know, you, you right. love that. <laughs> uh, and it's the same thing as, as writing. Like you, you don't, you appreciate writing the more that you write, the larger your vocabulary. Uh, so I, I totally encourage people to listen uh, deeply uh, to think about the music they listen to and also just enjoy it on a, on a base level, but knowing that there's so many different ways that you can approach listening. People can, of course, find Switched on Pop on any podcatcher. We're part of the Panoply Network. And uh, so we, of course, always ask for people to go check out iTunes, leave a review. You can find episodes also on switchedonpop.com. If you want to chat with us, we're on Twitter at Switched on Pop or Facebook, facebook.com slash Switched on Pop. We love talking about what are you hearing? What are the cool trends you want to know about? Um, So yeah, we definitely ask people to get in touch with us.
So, if you want to go check out Switched on Pop, make sure you head over to switchedonpop.com. You're going to find episodes there, some playlists that they have going, their About Me pages, and if you want to get in contact with them to talk about different things about music, why not? You have the option there on their website. So, anyways, this has been Podcast of the Day. Hope you enjoyed Switched on Pop. Let me know if you ended up subscribing to it, or if you have any other thoughts about that, or any other podcast in general. Love to hear it, and feel free to call in at any time to Podcast of the Day, and let me hear what you have to say. But anyways, I'll catch you back here uh, next time for another edition of Podcast of the Day.